Space Crewtonians, it's Curdy Clammerwood, broadcasting from our mobile studio Van Helsing, parked in a not-so-remote location, but hidden amongst the tailgating crowds outside a very popular sporting event. I think you'll figure it out. Anyway, as always, I'm joined by my AI bestie and Space Crewton's very own goat, the greatest of all time, Sally. Greetings and salutations, everyone. And thank you, Curdy. That was a home run of an intro. Well, thank you, Sally. And to our listeners, keep your eye on the ball, because we're going to bring you another episode of your favorite podcast of strange and unexplained phenomena, Space Croutons, now in Season 4. We're stepping up to the plate and swinging for the fences. You know, Sally, I think you could say we're in a league of our own. Like Gina Davis and Madonna? As much as I like that movie. There's no crying in baseball. You know, my dad used to say that too. But he would add, Except for Cubs fans. They've cried a lot of tears into their beers over the years. And that reminds me. Go get me one before I give you something to cry about. But Sally, this is more about the Mississippi fiends. So true. But before we share what we have been able to uncover about the fiends... Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. Play it, Sally. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter Boba. It is the third letter of the geek alphabet and represents the ability to hold more than expected. Meaning, bag of holding or artifact storage. In the systems application world, the Boba Drive is the storage reserved for only the most advanced applications, just like the world-changing Hindsight 2020 app. In pop culture, Mary Poppins' carpet bag was a Boba bag, and in Doctor Who universe, his TARDIS was a Boba-dacious design. The new geek alphabet, it's all geek to me. Welcome back, listeners, one and all. We are about to join the seventh game of the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Mississippi Fiends. That's right. The Fiends have had a truly Cinderella story. 
forming a year ago after newly discovered portals not only gave us access to travel into literary horror classics, but also allowed characters from those same stories to join us in this dimension. Once here, several characters naturally migrated to the entertainment business. Many became actors, starring in the screen productions of the stories from which they came. A group of some of the more well-known monsters formed a Harlem Globetrotter-style baseball team similar to the Savannah Bananas and traveled the world entertaining fans playing exhibition games. They have quite a lineup. The Wolfman, Dracula, Freddy Krueger, Frankenstein's monster, the Invisible Man and Pennywise are just a few of the more well-known players. It is almost like an Abbott and Costello movie. Oh yeah, I remember though. My favorite was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It not only had Frankenstein's monster, but Dracula and the Wolfman. Well, you can't go wrong with any of them. Anyway, let's get back to the fiends. So, after only a few games, it was obvious the fiends were much better than the teams they were playing against. Disney Tesla Corporation saw an opportunity establishing them as a Major League Baseball expansion team and hiring floor manager Jerry Slugworth from Monsters, Inc. to run the franchise. It really has been quite a ride. Their first season with the MLB and already playing in the World Series. I've heard it said, if you build it, they will come. And the Fiends have done just that. Manager Slugworth has a team of enormous talent and no one else has been able to come close. The way they're playing, they're unstoppable. The world, and in particular the American public, can't get enough of them. I hear a Saturday morning cartoon is already in the works. Do they sing? Well, funny you should ask. I believe the first hip-hop album, Children of the Night, with frontman rapper Mummy, who also plays shortstop, has just hit triple platinum. The connection is ready, Cordy. I have watched the score online. I believe we are joining the game in the seventh inning. The seventh inning stretch at Fenway Park? Oh, sweet Caroline, I like Neil Diamond. But you don't bring me flowers. Very good, Sally. Let's listen in. Welcome, viewers, to this special edition of The Batter's Box. With yours truly, what's the score? I have a real treat for you today. We're going to be joining the seventh game of the World Series live. But before we do, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Hindsight 2020. <laughs> The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Hindsight 2020 is the first app that looks back at history and reports what actually happened. Do you want to know what really happened without the spin? Tired of being lied to by politicians and talking heads? Have you realized that social media is just that? Social? Media? You know. Entertainment? Well, here at Hindsight 2020, we actually travel back to the events via portal and record just the facts. Damn. No guarantee that the facts you receive in the app are more accurate or even matches the facts received by someone else. So download Hindsight 2020 using City of the Art Global Drive. And remember that unlike head football coaches that think Hindsight is 50-50, Hindsight 2020 actually knows what happened. And we're back! And I think I could really use that app because I have some questions about my fifth birthday party. 
Anyway, let's join the game at the top of the seventh. Just in time for the stretch and the traditional singing of Sweet Caroline. It's a cool night here in Boston, and it seems we have our first batter, the Wolfman, stepping up to the plate. The Wolfman, not to be confused with the DJ from the 50s and 60s, is an actual werewolf. He takes his stance in the batter's box with just a little drool hanging off the left side of his snuff. The Wolfman points above the scoreboard at the full moon and howls. Well, that's a little frightening, but anyway, the outfield players have seen this move before and instinctively back up. Boston has brought out Nick Pavetta to pitch. Pavetta has yet to go up against the Wolfman in tonight's game, or even in this series, so all bets are off on how these two will react to each other. Pavetta winds up and sends the ball low. It's a bunt! What a surprise! The Wolfman steps into it and makes a bunt and heads to first. The catcher and the pitcher both rush to the ball. Pavetta gets it first and slings the ball toward first base. But can you believe it? The Wolfman has already rounded first and is headed for second. Boston's first baseman, Kristen Casas, snags the ball and rockets it towards second base. But the Wolfman is already on his way to third. Running on all fours, he is tearing up the baseline with every step. Emmanuel Valdez catches the ball and learning from his teammates, launches the ball toward home plate. A great decision as the Wolfman is already in the baseline headed home. This is going to be close. There's an explosion of dust as the Wolfman and the ball seem to arrive at the same time. And the umpire calls him safe, giving the Fiends the lead. How will Boston be able to answer such a start to the inning? It's a cool night here in Boston, and it seems we have our first batter, Dracula. A real natural holding of the bat, he floats up to the plate. Taking his stance, he points to the moonless sky just above the scoreboard. The outfielders have seen this move before, and they instinctively back up. Nick Pavetta winds up and sends the ball. Dracula answers the 94-mile-an-hour fastball with an even faster swing, sending a line drive straight at Pavetta. It's all Pavetta can do to get his glove in the way of deflecting the ball toward third base. Well, this is new. Dracula has turned into a bat. Yeah, that's right. I guess he's a vampire bat. He dips one wing to touch first base, second base, third base, and is headed home. Third baseman Luis Urias snags the ball, but it was too late. Dracula has crossed home and returned to his previous form. Alex Cora, Boston's manager, has left the dugout heading to the ump to protest. Oh! 
It's a dreamy afternoon here in Boston, and it seems we have our first batter for the seventh inning, Freddy Krueger. Nick Pavetta winds up and sends one, and Freddy, who seems to have full control of the bat, connects with what looks like a curveball, but it shreds the ball. Reese McGuire, the catcher, is standing at home plate in bewilderment as the remains of the ball settle around him in a dust cloud. Freddie is walking toward first base without any need to hurry. McGuire now scoops up a handful of the dust and is running after Freddie. Pavetta tries to assist, but after Freddie points a finger at him, he also freezes. And with this, the team seems to be immobilized as Freddie leisurely strolls around the bases. As Freddie strolls for home, he points a finger up at the press box and... It's a miserable overcast day here in Boston. We have joined the seventh game of the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Mississippi. Now, wait a minute. Something is going on here. I know we have been here before. Right, you are. This is a wibbly wobbly mess. What? Wibbly? Wobbly. Wibbly wobbly. Timey wimey stuff. You see, when someone messes with time, the results are all wibbly-wobbly. You just don't know what will happen. I'm sorry. Who are you? How did you get in here? And what's that blue box in the corner? First things first. Call me DW. My old friend. Well, let's call him M. Anyway, M likes messing with me. He has issues left over from my childhood. Our? We grew up together. Yes, he was really competitive with me. Anywho, like what I did there? What? No, you're what. I'm who. Got it? Good. What was that? Oh, you mean K-10? He is an old pal of mine. Actually, he is the latest version. Al? He looks like a robotic dog? Well, yeah. P-A-L. Personal Artificial Life Form. His predecessor was one of the first AI personifications back in 1977. Besides, everybody needs a companion. I guess my favorite was Amy Pond. Miss Pond? Well, that brings on a craving for custard and fish fingers. But let's get back to the business at hand. The baseball game. Oh, yes. What's going on with the baseball game? So I think I mentioned that M is really competitive and likes to mess with me. You did? Great. Well, you see, M is using a device he stole from Captain J that allows him to travel through time and make changes. That sounds dangerous. And dishonest. Can you believe he is doing this just to throw the game and win a bet? I'm really not sure what to believe at this point. Yeah, the very powerful and the very stupid have one thing in common. They don't alter their views to fit the facts. They alter the facts to fit their views. And that is M in a nutshell. And time travel? Oh, well, time travel is really nothing more than accessing the proper portals. It's easy once you run the numbers. So you're telling me... He's traveling through time to change the outcome of the game. Yes. In a way, it reminds me of my adventures in Heaven Sent. By making subtle changes, he intends for Boston to win. First, he altered the date of the game so the moon wouldn't be in the sky. 
which removed the Wolfman's ability to steal bases. That's right. The Wolfman had stolen bases. Where is he now? No moon, no Wolfman. Then when he saw Dracula's performance, he once again went back in time and got the time of the game moved up so it would be played during the day, eliminating Dracula from the lineup. Ah, and Freddy? He's also giving Boston nightmares? Right, but my real fear is that his next change may hurt people. And as my buddy Rose used to say, you don't just give up. You don't just let things happen. You make a stand. You say no. You have the guts to do what's right, even when everyone else just runs away. So what shall we do? We're going to have some fun. After all, there's no point in being grown up if you can't act childish sometimes. Luckily, unlike the story of the bird chiseling a diamond mountain down to nothing in The Shepherd's Boy by my friends the Brothers Grimm, I'll only need to do this once. The next time he travels back, I'll be waiting for him, and I'll disable that time travel device and set everything back to normal. The Invisible Man just hit a grand slam home run, driving in three runners. I think he'll want to change that. Let's go. Allons-y. Fenway Park for Game 7 of the World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the Mississippi Fiends. Now, let's get to the action. It's a cool night here in Boston, and it seems we have our first batter of the seventh inning. The Wolfman is stepping up to the plate. Cordy, looping through time, reliving the first batter of the seventh inning, over and over, seems to have taken up our show's time. You are correct as always, Sally. Thanks for keeping us on track. Shall I play us out? Yes, please. And to our faithful listeners, as we settle into season four, if what's going on in the world gives you concern, please remember this. Never be cruel. Never be cowardly. Remember, hate is always foolish and love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. And until next time, say it with me, Sally. Keep peace in your hearts until our next story time. So check us out for score and all. This season brought forth the new space earthies all. Oh, where's space root on for Streaming through the stars in a great Big four song, four by four. Now you know, here we go. Tell the world about a good time show on the radio. So join the flow. Here we go. I don't know a better show. We're Space Cruise Talk. We're Space Cruise Talk. We're Space Cruise Talk. Space Croutons is a work of original fiction. 
Similarities to persons, situations, or events. Real or fictional. Is coincidental and unintentional. Created and written by Jerry, Jace, John, Della, and Jeff Goodson. Episode story by Jerry. Original music by John, Della, Jerry, and Jeff. Production by Jerry. Featuring the voice talents of Eric W. Mitchell, Jerry, Jeff, and Sally. Entire work, copyright 2023, by Jeff, John, Della, and Jerry Goodson. This has been a Good Witch Audio Production.